The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's almost a new year, so I'm going to turn over a new leaf. It's, I've got some, some resolutions for a number of players and teams that I need to get out. So let's start in New Orleans, where the Pelicans, they, they had a brief downturn. Brandon Ingram's been out. We know that. And I don't know when he's coming back, but that's an issue. But they're back to their winning ways. Zion, the other night, had 43. And people are calling him exactly what he is, which is a football player that plays basketball on a very talented team. But I have a New Year's resolution concerning Zion. And I'm not, I'm, you guys got to help me stay, stay steadfast to this because I don't know it's going to be easy. You know, New Year's resolutions are never really going to be easy. They, they take work. They take dedication. And this one's going to take a lot of dedication and an accountability partner. And that is, that is I am not going to talk about Zion's weight anymore. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make any more Zion fat jokes. I'm not gonna say, "Oh, you know, Zion, where's your, where's your beignet? Oh, Zion, Zion's been eating a little extra Creole." I'm not gonna be like, "Ooh, Zion, Zion had some steak last night. That's why he was a little." Slow. I'm not gonna do any of that. Do I regret saying he was out of shape last year? No, I do not. I am not going to regret that. I am not going to apologize for that. Do I regret saying that? Before anyone else said he was going to miss the entire season last year? No. No, I do not regret that. We were right on both accounts, but that doesn't mean it's nice. So we're going to try to be nice to Zion because, listen, do I regret making light of his weight issues when he was going through trials and tribulations with his health? Well, I kind of do, actually. Especially when he said that those kind of comments, and I, I never made them to be mean, but he said that they really hurt him. Not my jokes in particular. I'm sure he didn't even listen to them. But, you know, the rhetoric of the media just saying that he's fat. And he said, hey, that's, he goes, hey, that's mean. And I was like, damn, damn, I should probably start talking about Zion. Do I think he's going to still have conditioning issues? Probably. Like, he's, he's a big boy. He's like a big boy. He's like Shaq. Shaq has had his own trials and tribulations. But I'm not going to say anything about Zion being out of shape 
because he eats too much. I'm not going to say anything about Zion getting injured or twisting his knee because he's eating too much Creole or gumbo. I'm not going to anymore. And if he stays on the court and he can't stay on the court, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So down in Orlando, let's move on. I've also been pretty harsh on the Magic franchise, mostly because people don't really care about them and they have no fans and they're a losing franchise and their ownership group isn't great and they really don't draft the right players and their PR team is maybe the worst I've ever seen in all of sports and that's really saying something. Uh, but my New Year's resolution for them is to just not say anything mean about them or doubt anything about Paolo Bancaro. I'm not doubting anything about him again. The guy is special. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. I've been, I saw him play live in college. I've seen him play live in the pros. I've seen him play live in the summer league. And I'm damn near ready to say that Paolo could take the reins from LeBron James. For the first time, I'm ready to say, if it's anyone, it will be him. He patterns his game after LeBron. That's what he said. The person that I pattern my game off the most is LeBron James. And you can see it in his passing. You can see it in terms of how ball dominant he can be, how he can do many things, and he's very dynamic on the basketball court. But good Lord, Paolo is balling out. Just absolutely insane. Only one player in NBA history has had more 20-point games before Christmas their rookie year. That's – and his likeness is on half of the shoes in the league. Michael Jordan and Powell, Paolo. That's it. It's Michael Jordan and Paolo. Paolo probably is going to make the All-Star game. He might make All-NBA 13. He probably won't. But he is he is just a treasure. And he's turned a team that didn't make any damn sense, a team with misfit spacing, a team with too many players of the same position, and he's helped unlock Bull Bull. He's unleashed Franz Wagner. I mean, I've spent so much time talking about the Magic because of Paolo. He has transformed this franchise like LeBron James transformed the Cavaliers. Bancaro is actually better than advertised. He should have probably gone first when he was 17. Like Paolo Bancaro could have gone first in 20 in 2017 and I think it would have been the right call. Like this is like when he was when he was 15 years old eating Captain Crunch for breakfast, lunch and dinner, he probably could have been a pro then. So I'm not questioning Paolo in 2023 at all or beyond because there's frankly nothing that he can do to surprise me anymore. Does Paolo need work? Absolutely. Does he need to be a better ball handler? He's six fucking ten. Okay? Like, yes. Does he need to learn that part of the game? Does that need to increase in his uh, dynamic ability? Sure. But he's 6'10", 260, and just an absolute wrecking ball. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Lots of shit happening in Atlanta. That is, that leads me to my next resolution. My New Year's resolution for the Hawks is just really to put my thinking cap on and my Inspector Crick hat on and find out what the fuck is actually happening down there. Because if you think the beef between Trey and Coach Nate is bad, if you think that was weird, like a little spooky, things just disintegrated. 
Because now the Hawks have taken another incredibly bizarre step of firing their fucking GM before Christmas. The same GM that almost won GM of the year like less than 18 months ago. So yeah, I am going to sink my teeth in, make some calls, and find out for y'all what is happening. The Hawks are on the verge of becoming a dumpster fire. To be honest, I didn't see it coming when they went went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Did you guys? I, I don't know if anyone saw it coming. I don't think I'm alone, but it is toxic down there. Has a GM ever been fired before Christmas when it didn't involve, like, some sort of allegation? He, he didn't do anything wrong. He was just been inept. Like, I can't overestimate how r- rare and unusual move this is. Teams, especially ones just 18 months from an Eastern Conference Finals team, does not do that. Schlenk himself, who's still on staff but not the GM, which is also weird as well. Like, they just are like, well, we have to pay you no matter what, so fucking get our coffee, bitch. That's basically what they're doing to Travis Schlenk right now. They're like, we can't, if we fire you, we have to pay you and you're unemployed, so we're just going to keep you on staff. We're going to make you do some bad shit. Put the Yellowstone brand on you so you can never fucking leave and tell our secrets. Anyway, this is what Travis Schlenk said himself in his exit presser. He said, throughout the season, Hawks owner... Tony and I had multiple conversations about how I have been feeling. In the new year, Tommy has suggested I take a step back and prioritize my family. Whoa. So he's officially an advisor, but listen, yeah, one of the hottest GMs in the league, a guy who signed a a lucrative extension, is now essentially out of a job. And the reason is the dysfunction in the Atlanta Hawks organization. All of the things that they did wrong. All of the contracts that they extended. Extending John Collins. Going out and giving more money to Clint Capella. Making that DeJounte Murray trade. The lists over and over and over of what he has done has been very suspect. And of course, number one on that list is Trey Young. And whatever is going on with Trey Young and the people that Travis Schlank hired to interact with Trey Young is not good. It either is Trey Young or it's everyone that Travis Schlank hired. And you know what? Now we're going to find out who it really was. His short career, he's already killed one coach. He's threatened to kill another. He's buried a GM that we thought might be executive of the year. And now the franchise might be shook as well. So maybe with a new GM, Trey Young will find someone that makes him happy. So yeah, my resolution is to look into the Atlanta Hawks, keep my eye open, keep both eyes open, and find out what's happening with this dumpster fire and report back. I really, really seriously pondered whether my next New Year's resolution should be to not talk about the Lakers again until they break 500. But then that would mean no Laker talk on the heat check, wouldn't it? So I realized that would maybe make no sense for us, and then it would maybe mean no Laker talk until they actually have their first-round pick of their own and maybe become a team that can actually compete. And that's probably 2029. So I'm not going to make a commitment to do to not talk about the Lakers until you know I'm damn near 40 years old. I can't do that. I'm more than 40 years old. Instead, my New Year's resolution is just simply to enjoy the Lake Show because there's nothing more pornographic than to know that the Lakers have let go of the rope. Truthfully, like to know that they have given up and that new reports, Rob Plinka coming out and saying, "Hey, you know, we might just stand pat." The new reports are the Lakers are considering doing absolutely nothing again at the trade deadline. That is two years in a row if you're keeping a track. That is just that is just enough for me to subside on for decades. 
According to the LA Times, Dan Wolke, the Lakers are seriously considering to just say fuck it and ride out the season with the status quo. That means no trades, no major deals, no desperate plays, at the deadline for a player who's going to further burden this team, and no trading of their own two first-rounders left in this decade. I know your first question is the same as mine. How do you think Braun's going to feel about this? Well, uh, not great, as it turns out. This is what Braun said in a presser the other day. I'm a winner. I want to win. And I want to win and give myself a chance to win and still compete for chips. That has always been my passion. That has always been my goal since I entered the league as an 18-year-old out of Akron, Ohio. I know the steps it takes to get there. Do you, though, Braun? Do you? But once you get there and know how to get there, playing basketball at this level, just to be playing basketball is not in my DNA. Pause. If you don't want to play basketball anymore, just to play basketball anymore, then you have two options. One, leave the L.A. Lakers. Two, retire. Because it's not happening anymore there. So then he says this, it's not my DNA, so we'll see what happens and see how fresh my mind stays over the next couple of years. That seems like a guy who is trying to push on the leverage button. Yeah, I could possibly just take my ball and go home. I could just Andrew Luck this bitch. Because he doesn't want to lose. That's why he deleted a tweet from a year ago recently about how he'll never miss the playoffs again in his career. He knows that was bullshit. Bullshit. He knows what the future in L.A. looks like. And, folks, it's not great. It's not being 500. It's not making the play-in team. And it's certainly not making the fucking playoffs and contending for a championship. So I'm not going to go out of my way to stoke the fire. But I'm not going to poke the Laker bear any more than I have to. But I'm just going to get my marshmallows and my Hershey bars extra dark. And get ready to make s'mores over the dumpster fire that is the L.A. Lakers for a long, long, long time.